This is episode 23 of the Just Get Started podcast, and my guest today is public speaker, sales coach, and host of the SDR Chronicles, Morgan J. Ingram. Let's get it started. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Just Get Started podcast. I'm your host, Brian Andreco, and thanks again for being a part of this journey where we talk with people from all across the globe, from all walks of life, but all really have that fire in their belly to do a little bit more. Uh, Maybe that's a a new career they're seeking out, or they want to start a business, or maybe they want to get in the best shape of their life because they're just kind of sick of how they've been for the last 10 years. Um, and it could be a side hustle, maybe something new. They're still in the career that you know they've got into or been into for a while, but they want to try something a little different, gain a little bit of knowledge or meet new people or whatever it may be. So the goal with this podcast is to introduce you to a lot of individuals that are doing a variety of things, right? Some very early on in their journey, others a lot further along and have more experience. But Either way, you'll gather a lot of uh, practical knowledge, um, some philosophical insight, um, some great stories and quotes along the way. But you know, little nuggets that you can take with you. Kind of think of them as like like the breadcrumbs to help you out in your own journey. Um, and in each episode, I hope you take away a couple different ones that that could help you out um, in your own way. And on that note, let's jump into the episode today with my guest Morgan J. Ingram. He could be found online morganjingram.com. And really, as Morgan J. Ingram all over, whether it's Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever it may be, um, he's all over the place. A lot of great content out there. That's how actually how I came across him initially. Um, He has a show called the SDR Chronicles, where he started several years back when when he was a sales development rep. Uh, But basically to highlight a lot of the skills and techniques and ways that you could be a successful sales professional. Um, A really great um, opportunity for you guys to, to get some content around that. So I recommend to check it out. He's a motivational speaker, does a variety of different speaking engagements, um, and he also works with uh, John Barrows, who I had on episode 19, um, who, who owns the uh, J. Barrow Sales Training. So Morgan does a lot of work with him, uh, does sales coaching, trying to obviously um, build their clientele and, and some of the different folks that they work with. So we have a great conversation around a variety of topics. We're both fast talkers, so we get through a lot in, in this uh, you know, short 25, 30 minutes. Uh, but it was a really cool discussion. I was interested to hear some of his perspective and his upbringing and how he got into sales um, and some of the things that are important for him. So without further ado, let's jump into uh, my interview today with Morgan J. Ingram. Let's get it started. Morgan, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining today. Super excited to be here. Yeah, man. Glad to have you on and uh, chat a little bit about your uh, your journey and uh, sh- have you share some of the stories with the uh, with the group. Um I have a bunch of different notes here and some uh, the, some topics to get to that uh, I'm excited to hear your uh, thoughts on. But I always like to take a step back at the beginning and, you know, kind of this whole premise of just get started. You know, everyone's at different points in their career and their journey, and they all had unique ways of getting there. So I'm curious if you can start us out, you know, kind of back in, back in the day, um, you know, growing up, adolescence, maybe as you're getting, you know, out of high school and the college. Um, one short story I know you'd shared before, and I'd love for you to go in depth, and maybe there's additional around how you started selling Pokemon, if I remember. That is um, correct. Early, early on. So maybe that's a good starting point. But basically, how did you get from a, in a sales standpoint 
how did you, your upbringing help that? And, and what are some things that you were involved with early on? And that'll, that'll help spawn some things. Oh, uh, yeah. So I have, you know, I've been playing Pokemon for, for a hot minute when I was growing up. And big thing that we had is Pokemon cards. I mean, Yu-Gi-Oh cards as well. And like I always told the story, like I wasn't planning to really sell the cards. I just was kind of just there doing what I had to do. And someone just really wanted to buy the cards. So then I sold the cards and realized, okay, people want to buy Pokemon cards. Um, and then that's what I, that's how I really got into it. So I would always just try to find things to sell. I mean, I would go to the dollar store and sell things through just through yard sales. And I didn't do eBay drop shipping, but I did a lot of stuff through yard sales and did a lot of stuff just selling cards because I knew people would buy them. So I just knew that it was there was always things of value that people wanted. And so that's kind of how I really got the sales from like you know really looking back on it. And, you know, I went to a private school, so people had money. So I was able to sell a good amount of stuff. Okay. That, yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm, I'm definitely going to – we're going to dive into some more of the stuff on the sales side in a second. You know, I'm curious. I, I was uh, doing some research. I didn't know this about you, but I, I saw that you won two state championships in basketball. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> Dude, that's awesome. Well, look, I'm curious. One, that's awesome to uh, to be a part of those teams and, and stuff. But is there anything, you know, I, I'm a huge believer, you know, I've always been a sports fan. I think a lot of people are. But just on the impact of sports, especially team sports um, for individuals, is there anything I know in terms of when you're managing an SDR team and stuff, and we'll get into that, is there anything that you remember back from those days of, of playing ball that maybe that you remember that were good from a team or sportsmanship standpoint, anything in particular that were not so much? Yeah. There, I mean, there's a lot of things out there. I would say a couple one was the fact that we had to realize when we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing. So for example, like there are teams that we could just, I mean, we just beat them because we were just more talented, but we weren't doing it in the way that we should have. So because we weren't doing it in the way we should have, we end up really struggling in a game. We win the game, but we struggled, and we should have clearly just beat that team like like just without any challenges. So what I realized is that from that team aspect is that you got to make sure everyone's on the same page. Like just because everyone's talented and doing really well doesn't mean that it's going to win. So even with the, from a sales development sales standpoint, just because you have talented people on your team doesn't mean that everyone's going to quit quota or see success. And so that was one thing I learned from the state team. Also, I realized that the best person isn't always the best leader. So we had a lot of talented people on our team, but some of them weren't leaders. They weren't able to speak up. They weren't able to like give that leadership. So I think also it's just understanding understanding your role. Like, okay, your role is literally to be the leader here. You may not score the most points. You may not get the most rebounds, but you're the voice of the team. It's like Draymond Green, right? He's a perfect example. But then there's people who are like, you're the score. You're going to get the most points for us. That's normally the Kevin Durant. Uh, there's Steph Curry is kind of like the, you know, the – Kind of the, he's not the heartbeat of the team, but he's more sort of the face of the team. And so you have people that are the face of the team. So I think everyone just has to understand their role. And that was one thing that I learned from those two state championships, state championships is knowing your role. And then also knowing, hey, look, sometimes you have to sacrifice. So you might be able to get as much opportunities as someone else because, hey, look, we're all trying to win. And it has to be a collective team effort. So not everyone's going to get the glory. But at the end of the day, the only thing you should care about is like winning the state championship or winning whatever the end goal is for you. Or whatever it is in your in your career. So those are things that I learned from from those state championships, and I've taken over my career. Yeah, how did you you know? So when you were the um, SDR manager at, at Terminus, 
did those things come up at all? Like, you know, how were you able to, some of the better players, you know, so to speak on the team there, were they harder to manage? Were they, were they easy? You kind of let them go on their own and do their thing. Like how, how were, how did you navigate some of that team dynamic from a, from a business setting in a sales world? It was harder. It's harder to gain respect from people that are coming in the organization. They don't know who you are. Uh, that's always going to be difficult. And I also realized that for me, like I had to kind of show people, hey, look, this is what you need to do. But once I continue to show people, hey, look, this is what you need to do. Here's the process in place. These are things you need to consider. A lot more people started to respect my opinion, right? So that was a big thing. But I, but I, excuse me. But I ultimately knew, at the end of the day, that if I give people the the best advice, I'm I'm in their corner. I'm diving down into their processes. Those people are going to respect me longer at the end of the day. So I always just focused on what motivates people continuously to make sure that they did the things that they needed to do. So that that's how I made sure every single day that people were doing what they needed to do. I, I made sure that, hey, look, you're motivated by this, so I'm going to do this. You're motivated by that, so I'm going to do that. So those are the ways that I continuously help people down the line. Now you, I mean, you initially were an SDR, right? And and for those that know, like a sales development, you know, rep yep. is is the term there. That for those listening that don't know what that is, so you started out that way. One, I'm I'm curious. I guess a two parter here. One, why did you take that role initially? Why did you get into be into sales, like to at working for an actual business, um, not just kind of doing some random stuff on your own, you know, sales sales. But um, and then also, what did you learn early on as an SDR? And that maybe could help folks that are thinking of getting into sales, or maybe they're early in their career. Anything that you're like, oh, wait, watch out for this pitfall or, or don't take that turn. Anything that you could share to the uh, the group? Yeah. So I would say, first and foremost, I, I chose the role because I, I just wanted to get some experience in tech sales. Um, I also wanted to get eventually go in a marketing role. So I thought that was the only way I was going to get there. And I just decided, hey, I can work with the marketing company. And that's going to give me the best advice and the best best streamlined things for me to be successful. So I that's what I knew from the get-go. And then also additionally, uh, advice, it's like, hey, look, don't don't treat the role as it's like a whatever role. I think that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest problem that people have. They're like, oh, it's whatever. I'll just treat it how I want to treat it. And I may or may not do the things I need to do. Like that's, that's a losing mindset. You got to come into the role, capitalize on the role, do everything that you can, and use all the resources you learn there to then capitalize moving forward on the next role that you go into. And making sure that you take the time to be serious about it, and you don't, you're not nonchalant about it. And the what, the big thing that I learned is organization. I had a really tight, tight, <clears throat> excuse me, I had a really tight organizational schedule where I knew, hey, look, these are the results that I want to get out of it. Here's my activities that I'm going to go into it, and I knew I had to do a streamlined process, and that's what led me to my results and to what was leading to me towards success. And, and that obviously turned into you starting the, uh, which obviously I'm, I'm intrigued to learn more about. I've, I've listened to some of the stuff you've done, but the SDR Chronicles, why was that important for you to start? Why, why did that kind of bubble up and what was the genesis of that? Uh, so article by Ralph Barcy, uh, director of sales development over at ServiceNow. And within that article that he wrote, he was like, hey, an SDR should start a, a channel, start a YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, that sounds interesting. So, I mean, I just started my career and I asked them about it. Hey, has anyone started it? No. Wait about four or five months and then I started the SR Chronicles. And that really kind of streamlined the entire process from there. So for me, like what I realized is that I had to get really deep in my process and then understand that like this, this for me is a journey. I don't know really what I'm really doing at the beginning, but I'm going to just kind of document it. And so through that documentation, it's really 
helped me in my career. It's got me the job with John Barrows. But I think the biggest thing is I just I just decided to take the leap and document what's going on because all that material is stuff that I was learning on the job. So it's not something I made up. Like it's stuff that I was really in the trenches and I did it. Yeah, and, uh, and I'll put links in the in the show notes that people get to your uh, SDR Chronicles uh, that they could listen to stuff. You actually mentioned something with Barros there. Um, you know, I had him on a few episodes ago. Yep. And one of the things, you know, and, and he actually talked about this recently, but around um, your transition, because when you came there in terms of being an account executive, now you're playing not only SDR role, but you're account executive. You're doing a variety of things. I'm curious if you don't mind sharing because again, a lot of folks look, they get in as an SDR, they're looking to get promoted in their career to becoming an account executive, an enterprise rep, et cetera. Is there one or two things you learn? Maybe you learn the hard way from failing um, when you when you start to work with John and, and some of the things that you're doing there at, uh, at, with sales training. Yeah, so I would guess I would say things I've learned, I guess this also is like just things that I'm continuously learning and it's part of just failing over and over again. Uh, I think one is just having a really tight, organized schedule and i had one as an sdr i got one as a manager which made me successful but i just now i'm getting on the reins of understanding my schedule from an account executive standpoint it's a lot more follow-up it's a lot more understanding the objections and and handling people in different in different ways i've just realized that a lot of things that i you know took like, would take for granted or be like oh this is going to be whatever are things that like i have no idea about so i think for me or for any sdr what i would do is Try to hop on calls with account executives, understand what objections they're going through, and go through the process. I mean, for me, it's like John's the only person I, I have to like kind of lean on. So this is obviously a little bit different. But if I was like obviously becoming account executive and there's other AEs, like that's what I would do. Who's the best AEs? What are they saying? How are they handling objections? What's their follow process? That's what I would figure out because that's one thing that I've had to be really diligent on is just following up with people. And just being being teased, getting on the organization of things, because not everyone's just going to come to you and be like, oh, yeah, like I'm, I'm here now. Like I'm going to answer you like it just doesn't work that way. So you really got to understand that or you're really going to put yourself at a, at a really bad position. So that's one point. I think another two, uh, another thing to really focus on is really diving down into the aspects of how to get to power and who you need to be talking to. So in every conversation, being super upfront, telling the prospect, hey, you can tell me no, and understanding when you need the power to make that decision faster is another big thing to do as well that I, I again, have really just, haven't really done, I haven't really done a good enough job on it because I would just have a conversation, take it at face value, and be like, oh, are you ready to rock and roll? Great, I'd be excited. And then like nothing would happen, right? So that's like not good. So like don't do that. Like actually like making sure you're moving uh, in a process. And I think three is like just asking for continuous feedback. I think a lot of people don't ask, want to ask for feedback in the beginning. They just want to be like, I'll figure it out myself, which I kind of was at the beginning. And then I was like, wait, I got to, I have resources here. Like, why am I not using that? Like, I need to ask for as much feedback as possible. So I, I would say those are things that like mistakes, I guess mistakes I've made, but stuff I'm still learning. Like I miss, I make mistakes every single day because this is new to me and you can't just expect to just be an SDR for like, oh, I'll be an SDR for six weeks, uh, no, six, six months. And then all of a sudden you want to be uh at an AE. like it's not gonna work that way can you um can you share with the group here so this is the the battle and i've had this with some folks around social selling the phrase social selling i've talked with some folks and they, they think it's sending linkedin in mails to people uh-huh. um you you obviously do a great job with your sdr chronicles and engage online can you just give your opinion of what social selling is and, and what folks should be doing um online today 
Yeah, so it's it's not social selling. Like I've never like slid in a DM before and someone sent me a contract, right? Like that's that's not happening. But what's happening is you just have to listen to what's going on. So you got to look at the different insights of people. Like what are they saying? Commenting on their stuff, sending a message when they ask a question, and liking their stuff and just engaging where where you see fit when they're asking you these certain things. So by focusing on all that, you're actually going to be a lot more successful than trying to social sell all the time. You really are just listening for insights and then acting upon those insights and then providing value through a message. That's what that's what social selling is, and that's how everyone needs to think about it. That's short and sweet to the point. I love it. Um, so here's my thought, and I'm, I'm really curious on – I want your feedback on this because speaking and, and presenting is something that you're doing a lot more of. Um and I'm really curious to understand your journey with that. One, when the, when the first time you you actually spoke in front of a larger group and what were the nerves like? What were some of the things that, you know, how was that first talk? And then, you know, how do you prepare now going forward? What are some of the things you've learned uh, by speaking a little bit more that you're now more attuned to each and every time? Yep, it's a great question. So first talk I did was three and a half years ago, four years ago. Yeah, four years ago. And it was, it was in front of a organization in college, so at UGA. And that was about 30, 50 people. And that was just all my story of how I started a company. And I got in the newspaper and how it was growing and things of that nature. So that was the first time I really spoke in front of a group. But that was, that was just me being motivational. And I have a natural talent for energy. So people liked it. But I don't think it was like impactful. Like, oh, like, you know. I feel like change, right? So when I first started speaking, I talked really fast. Uh, I was just had a lot. I mean, I had a lot of energy, but it was like way too much energy. I feel like because it was like, whoa, this guy's coming in really hot right now. And then also, it was I didn't have like a process in place of how to prepare, so I just kind of figured it out. And then I just kind of got a process in place. Like after that, I decided, hey, I'm just gonna do the same thing every single time. So every single time I do a presentation, I wear the fedora just because like that's that's just part of the background of the story. Like I found a fedora in my brother's room, asked him, asked him, Hey, do you want to wear this? For, do, you, do you even wear this fedora? And I use it just because I, I, I just like, let me use this as a confidence and like try it out. And there's other reasons why I wear it. But like, that's one of the main reasons. It's like, it's just a confidence of like, it's game time. Like when I put this on. Um, and then additionally, I wear five different variations of socks every single time. They're from stance. Um, and then I, I play the same song. We ready by Archie every single time before I go to a speech. Um, and then I, you know, I pray about it. Like, Hey, let's give me a good favor as I go in the speech. And then I just prepare accordingly. So I make sure that I have the right talk track when I do a sales training, making sure that I understand the audience. I always ask the person that I'm going to like, okay, what's the audience like? Like what were their feelings? Like who's in the audience? Maybe if I'm at a conference, like who am I talking to? I'm always asking these questions in the beginning. I normally try to do some type of engagement from a sales training standpoint. If I'm talking to a larger audience, I try to get them in, wrap them in with a story, and then present the information. So for me, it's become a very strategic and methodical process uh, that has led to continuous success for me. For those that want to get more involved in speaking, is that is that something where you reached out at times to say, hey, this is something I'm open to speaking about, or, or do you normally get people that are reaching out to you? How, how does that work? It's reaching out to me now in the beginning uh, and this is just this story is just a story of just uh, being consistent and keep dialing and actually being uh, like persistent and towards your goals. I reached out to every single school 
in my county to just I just for free, right? I just want to talk. I want to figure out like, hey, I feel like I really want to do public speaking. Every single person rejected me, right? So I went to every single athletic team, and I went to state championships. So I was like, hey, I want to state championships. Like, here's some things I can teach you guys. Every single team rejected rejected me except for one team, and I reached out to every single like high school and college like within the Georgia region. Like I was just reaching out. I was like, I got to get somebody. So. You know, after a while, you know, that becomes disparaging because you're like, oh, no one was one wants to talk to me. But what I realized is that if you really want to do something, you got to put yourself out there and you got to just find an opportunity where someone gives it to you free. And then you see if you actually can do it. So if anyone wants to get a public speaking, I always tell them everyone just wants to talk about something that's really hot or a trend. You can do that or focus on something that you actually know really well, a niche and then evolve from there. So for me, it was really focused on mindset like a mindset and how to remove negative surroundings. So a little bit of not niche, but kind of niche when I first started, which kind of led to me not having as many opportunities. But then I switched it to sales development and now I have more opportunities speaking. And now I get asked to speak on different things besides sales development because I've now shown that, hey, I can articulate a message. So if you're gonna start out something, get niche, figure out what you wanna do, start reaching out to people in a local area, get, get on some panels, get some exposure, and then that's how you get yourself out there. Yeah, you just uh, you, you took my thunder on when I, well, you kind of alluded to the keep dialing, um, <laughs> quote unquote, keep dialing. How did that how did that come about? Uh, so I was watching YouTube videos and I was like, all right, I got to start a YouTube channel. I got to make sure I do it right. And all the YouTubers had some, had outros. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to say as an outro. I don't want to say like keep SDRing or like be keep doing sales development. Like I don't know what to say. So I just was like, you know what? Like keep dialing. Like. I keep having to make dials every single day, and that sounds that sounds right. So I was like, keep dialing, and I just did the phone thing. And then it became a thing after doing all the videos, and the people were like, oh, yeah, keep dialing. And then it became just a hashtag, and now I got the shirt on. I'm wearing it right now. So it's become a thing where people are like, yeah, keep dialing. It's like it's a, it's a mantra. And it doesn't mean just like keep making phone calls. It means like keep dialing, keep pursuing your dreams, keep going after what you want to go after, and keep being persistent even when people tell you no or you don't think it's going to happen. So that's where it really comes from, and that's where the that's where the whole ethos is about. Yeah, and tell me where you know I'm I'm curious. I don't know if this is upbringing or something you just develop, but you know every time I've talked with you um, or connected online, you, you have a very positive attitude, um, a great mindset. Um, you're always not only just personable, but it gracious. Um, how, where did that come from, do you think? Because everyone's different in terms of their approach, and some people get crabby each day and stuff, but you always seem to be positive. So where, where did that uh, originate, do you think? Yeah, so mo- mom and dad, the, uh, so mom and dad, the, the reason I'm saying them, and then I'll kind of go into like the positivity part, is because they taught me really how to be humble and gracious. So that was one thing they always told me, hey, this is what you do, da, 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 X, Y, and Z. So that's I've just always been that way because I, hey, look, actions just speak louder than words. So I don't really talk too much about like, oh, I'm out here doing this. It's like, hey, look, you know, this is just the journey. This is what I'm doing. And let's just put the work in. Like, that's what my parents have always told me. Uh, from a positivity standpoint, I've just gone through, <laughs> I've just gone through a lot of stuff that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and a lot of negative stuff has happened to me, like in my life personally. And I've just seen a lot of negative stuff. I'm not saying that it's like super dark and grim, but I've just seen that. And also, like, I would rather just focus in on being positive every single day instead of being negative. So I know that if I'm more enthusiastic and I'm more positive, then I'll be fine. Like there's worse things that are happening in the world. So it's just perspective. And also because I've read so many books, it's given me a positive aura about myself and I have a very high self-awareness. So because I have that self-awareness, I understand that what's the point of being negative when you can be positive and then 
you can manifest your own destiny. And even in this world with internet technology, social media, I just I just don't understand why you can't be positive because you can literally do anything that you want at any time. Like if I decided, you know what, hey, I don't want to do sales training anymore, I could easily just decide to go travel and maybe spread positive messages. And I could go do that. I could go figure out a way to do that because there's the internet. Like I could go figure out how to play guitar like in a year from now by watching YouTube videos for free. So my thing is I, I'm always just positive because there's just there's so much abundance and there's so much out there that we have access to that I just don't know why you wouldn't be positive and excited about life because you can literally do anything nowadays and nothing's stopping you. Right on, man. I feel I, I'm right there with you. So awesome to say that. What are, what are two to three books you'd recommend folks to? Uh, and again, they don't have to be sales books, but maybe, um, but other other books that may be relevant to the uh, to the audience. Yeah. So books that changed my life: uh, How to Get Your Dream Job by Pete Leibman. Reading that book single handed single handedly changed my career when I read it in college. It's the reason why I'm here today. It's the reason why I'm able to do the things I do new now. Uh, two is the law of success that changed my entire paradigm. Like I pretty much read the book and then I saw the world completely differently. Uh, so if you want to have that feeling, I would tell someone to go read that. And then third book, and these are all not sales books. These are just books. Like if you read these books, your mindset will change guaranteed the 15 laws of growth by John C. Maxwell. Uh, it's one of, it's a great book. It just breaks down the different laws that you should be looking at to make sure that you can have ex- exponential growth within your career. Awesome. And more any, um, wh- where can everyone find you online by the way? Super easy YouTube channel, SDR Chronicles, and then LinkedIn, uh, Morgan J. Ingram. And then it's Morgan J. Ingram everywhere else, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, hit me up. I'm on there. Awesome. Any, uh, any final, final words, uh, parting quotes, anything for the, uh, for the group? Yeah, so th- this, this quote uh, has stuck, stuck to me for a very long time, and it's the reason why I probably won't ever change my mindset about where I'm at and what I'm doing and why I don't, I don't get too caught up is – Never think that you've made it because you'll never make it. Awesome, man. I love that. Yeah. I, I really <laughs> love that. That's a good way. That's a good walk off. It's like, it's kind of deep. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, hey, listen, I've enjoyed having you on here. I mean, the fact of the amount of topics we got through, it only only two fast talkers would be able to get through the amount of topics that we did. Right. So um, I really enjoyed you having on. I'm, I'm glad you're able to spend some time uh, with the uh, Just Get Started uh, podcast. And uh, thanks again for your time. Yeah, you're welcome, man. I appreciate it. Well, thanks again for everyone for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. And as always, um, if you want to find me online, uh, check out my website, uh, brianondraco.com. That's B-R-I-A-N-O-N-D-R-A-K-O.com. Also on Instagram and Twitter, at brianondraco. Find me on LinkedIn as well. Uh, Hope to connect with you guys. Um, Any questions you have, feedback, please let me know. If you do get a chance and have been enjoying the episodes, um, certainly would love if you left a review on iTunes or whatever podcasting platform you listen on. And hope to get a chance to connect with you guys further down the road. Have a great day, a phenomenal week, and we'll see you soon. Take care.